Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I am thrilled for you to tune in into this week's episode. I had the pleasure of interviewing Anjali Pradhan of Dahlia Wealth, and uh, in this episode, her and I just jammed on money, investing for women, um, and why it's such a smart thing to do, no matter how old you are, and uh, her and I just had so much fun talking, so I'm excited for you to tune in, and here's a little bit about Anjali. Anjali is a money coach who teaches women how to build their money through investing in entrepreneurship. Sweet and simple. I'm so excited for you to learn about her. Um, definitely go to her website, uh, follow, connect with her on Instagram. All the links are in show notes. And if this episode resonated with you, please, please share it. Uh, tag us both on stories or however you share your, your media content. And uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. All right, have a great week and uh, enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sacred Emergence podcast. I'm so excited for our guest today. Uh, Anjali Pradhan joins us from Montreal, and her and I connected actually through um, the House of We, the House of Wealth Embodiment, hosted by Victoria Washington. And Anjali came on to do some training around investments. And I really love Anjali's perspective and she's really an advocate for women independence and having ownership of our own finances so I'm so excited to have you on Anjali great nice to be here Michelle thanks for inviting me yeah well we were just before we were hitting record we were talking about like well we can talk about inflation we can talk about all the things <laughs> and then I even talked a little bit about crypto and I love your perspective because I've been following you on Instagram for a while and you're all about the long game. So I would love to hear your story and just like, yeah, how you do things. Oh, wow. That's a very uh, broad, <laughs> broad question. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I can tell you maybe my, the origin story of why I started my business. Yes. So uh, I uh, studied finance at university um, here in Canada, and then I just had really itchy feet uh, and I wanted to see the world. So I moved to London, England uh, with basically just my uh, a, a large hockey bag full of my belongings and my university certificate. And um, I went out to set out to sort of see the world and carve a career for myself um, in London. Um, I just figured, you know, I, that's kind of the one of the world's uh, financial centers. And um, I just really wanted to sink my teeth into this uh, industry slash career. Um, I ended up staying there for a whole five years, so pretty much throughout my 20s. Um, and my career went sort of from strength to strength. Um, and by that time, I, towards the end, um, I 
was promoted to a VP level position at the age 28 at one of the world's leading uh, investment managers. Um, and uh, then the financial crisis hit. So the 2008 crisis hit um, right around the time that I was actually promoted. I had this big, exciting promotion. Um, and I um, also was relocated from the London office where I'd made my home and friends and all of that to a satellite office in Amsterdam. Um, but I figured, you know, it was for my career. And, and so I was happy to make that move. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, barely a few weeks into my stay in this new country, uh, Lehman Brothers went under uh, the 2008 crash really hit hard. And uh, like a lot of my colleagues, I was laid off. Um, and then uh, so I at that point, I kind of decided, you know, I just really want to be closer to home. So I decided to come to, to come back to Canada. Um, I were my, I have my friends, you know, most of my friends and family, uh, to be closer to them. Um, and I knew that, you know, it was not ideal timing to look for a new job in, uh, to be job hunting in the world of banking, but I was patient. Um, but I, I realized after much trying and applying to literally hundreds of job postings, um, which I still have on my hard drive somewhere and I, I, I'll have some sort of like cleansing ceremony at some point, some sort of digital cleansing ceremony. Um, and, uh, you know, applying to hundreds of jobs, attending dozens of in-person interviews across the continent, so across Canada and the US, I came up empty handed, which was really quite strange considering up until that point, my career was flourishing. Um, and I'd worked for the top investment banks and, and done really well for myself. Um, and then uh, the penny dropped. I realized that the reason that I wasn't landing anything even remotely uh, close to what my capabilities were um, and what my career, you know, career experience would have would have uh, normally brought is that I was being I was being shut out of the boys club. Um, still very much to this day, this was 10 years ago, but still very much to this day, the financial industry is very much a boys club and a white boys club at that. And Michelle, as you can see me, I'm neither of those things. I'm a woman of color. And so at that point, I had a decision to make, do I continue down this corporate path, which I had envisaged for myself? I didn't, you know, I had kind of imagined that I would continue in the world of banking indefinitely and probably till retirement. Um, or do I leave the industry altogether and do my own thing and start my own business? And around that time, I had a friend who suggested that I teach women how to invest their own money because she herself had some money that needed to be invested and had no clue. Um, and after much sort of prodding and persistence on the behalf of this friend, um, I finally decided, okay, let's give it a try. You know, like there's, there's like what is holding me back? Um, and so, you know, fast forward uh, several years and that's what I do. I teach women how to invest their money. Mm, I love it. I, it's so crazy, like the boys club, cause it's like, it's, it's so true. Um, even like looking at financial reports and documents, a lot of it is so cryptic. And I feel like, and I hear a lot of stories of women, you know, meeting with financial advisors that are like the white guy. <laughs> And it's like, there's this level of disconnect. 
So I really appreciate what you're doing. 100%. And that's another reason that I, I started this business is that, yeah, my, my friend had this advisor um, and she was like, he doesn't listen to what I say. And I kept on like, he doesn't listen to my wishes. And I kept on hearing this story like over and over again from women. Like I have an advisor that I don't, doesn't really understand me or I can't find an advisor at all that I can connect with. Um, and I realized this is, this is a real problem. This is a real societal problem that, you know, women's financial needs aren't met at, at this basic level. Um, and so that, yeah, that's, that's another reason I, I decided, you know what, like initially I thought somebody, this is a job for someone else. Like I'm not a teacher. I'm not a coach. I don't have a background in any of these things, but like after hearing the same story over and over again, and also the statistic that women are twice as likely to be in poverty at retirement, mm. um, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back where I said, no, it has to be now and it's got to be me because there's no one else really doing this work. Yeah. And for even for your story, I mean, you've been like since you've started your own business, you've stayed on your own business track. Right. And so even with your own investments, you've been able to stay ahead of the curve um, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, I, I yeah, not only to kind of study finance and work in finance, um, and, uh, but I invested, started investing my own money at the age of 19. Um, and, uh, you know, I made some mistakes like at the beginning and along the way, but, um, investing my own money was the way, was what made it possible for me to start my own business. Cause if you are, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or, you know, like one paycheck away from not being able to pay your bills, it doesn't give you a whole lot of breathing room to live your, we call it here, your boss life, the life where you're the boss and you're in control. Like you don't get to call the shots if you're living on a razor's edge of, you know, of your money game. Um, and, you know, the fact that I started investing early, um, that, you know, I saved aggressively and started investing early um, really was the difference between me and a lot of other women that I see. I don't think I'm any different. I don't think I'm any like smarter, uh, better at money management or, you know, say for like a saving and investing, like I'm not smarter than anyone else. Um, or I didn't get, I didn't get lucky either with some, you know, hot stock tip. Like I didn't buy Facebook when it first IPO'd. Um, I also, I don't have rich parents, you know, like it's, I, I, you know, grew up financially comfortable, but like, I, you know, I'm not a trust fund, trust fund baby by a long shot. Um, you know, that what differentiates me and my story from a lot of other women is literally just the fact that I started investing early. So what would you say for people who like, um, maybe they're like, where would they even start? And also if they're like, well, I don't have a lot of money to invest. Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, I get this a lot from women who are like, yeah, I don't have a lot of money to invest. What's the minimum I can invest? Um, so here's the thing, like in the olden days, we, we had to go through gatekeepers like brokers um, or financial advisors to invest. But today, because of um, primarily because of uh, self-directed brokerage accounts, basically a, a DIY online brokerage account that anyone can open. Uh, investing has become a lot more accessible. Um, the kind of caveat is that you need to know how to invest. 
because it assumes like they don't really guide you. It's like, yes, here's this portal into the financial markets, like the stock market, the bond markets. Um, but you know, you have to know how to navigate. It's like going to the ocean I mean, like, oh, you can go anywhere you want. You can, you know, go cross the Atlantic and go to, you know, Europe or, you know, Africa, but like, you need to know how to do that. So <laughs> that's kind of where I come in. Um, you know, the, I realized that, um, what, again, when, you know, that, that moment when I decided, yeah, this is, this is where, you know, this is my, my, my life's calling is that I have a key that I can give to other women so that they can unlock their financial freedom. And I, you know, it would be selfish for me to keep it to myself. It's like some knowledge, it's like knowledge on how to a very, you know, uh, it seems benign, but like, how do I use an online brokerage account? Um, you know, what do I pay attention to? There's so many numbers, there's like charts. So, you know, if you're someone that, um, you know, maybe has, attempted to start investing but like saw some of this stuff and just felt overwhelmed you're not alone um there's a lot of information both you know everywhere about investing and it can be overwhelming um it's 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 critical to know what to screen out okay there's a that when you when when you the type of investing i teach in diy index investing you actually need to pay attention to very few things but there but when you go to the internet um it's like drinking from a fire hose of investment information <laughs> so that's like the main thing it's not that there isn't enough information out there um well two things it's not that there isn't inform enough information there's actually too much um but also most of the information is uh investing information and news is created by men for men um, and the way that women learn about investing is very, is different. The way that women learn in general is different. We learn better through, um, you know, normally when you see something about investing or like ad for mutual funds, it's always like some chart numbers. Um, whereas women actually learn better through examples and stories told by other women, which like, you know, that's really not the way that investment information is conveyed. Um, so, you know, my my coaching program, I really built it from the ground up um, with the women's natural talents and like um, also our the ways that we the way that we learn. So, I mean, so going back to your question, you know, what are the first steps you can take? Um, it is about educating yourself um, and about sifting out all, you know, excess information and and sometimes that involves you know not to sort of like you know sell my services but sometimes it is about taking the leap and investing in some coaching and getting a guide i've learned this like in other facets of my life probably because i am a coach myself i i've realized that hey if i want to do something quickly and efficiently and i want to learn um you know hiring someone you know i hired a personal trainer during covid because i was like i don't know how to work out at home like who's kidding who and it was like the best decision that i've made you know i hired an accountant or you know a few years ago uh because that's for my business because i was like you know what i don't really want to figure this out i want someone to help me um so you know that's true with investing as well and there's absolutely i think probably the most critical thing is that there is no shame in getting someone to teach you how to manage your money and how to invest your money sometimes women think you know you know i've done well in my career and 
you know, I'm an intelligent, educated person, but, you know, so I'm kind of embarrassed that I haven't figured this investing thing out yet. Um, but I mean, you wouldn't say that about, you know, medicine. Like if you're sick, you go to a doctor, you don't try to get a medical degree. <laughs> if you're smart, you also don't go on WebMD and try to figure it out yourself. You just go to a doctor. They've been to school for it. You know, they can, they'll, they'll, they'll get you the answer that you need without wasting time. And so investing is the same. There's absolutely no shame in, in asking for help. I so appreciate that. And also like, I feel like sometimes it can be confusing because there are like financial analysts that work at particular like financial companies that you can hire and they'll take your money and invest for you. Um, and then there are just like the DIY and then there's, and I feel like, or you hire someone to like, that's basically the options. So you yeah, a financial advisor. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you do it yourself. And I've actually personally, I've, I think I've done like a mix in my own past. And then I've hired someone who like I paid them, but they don't, they're not associated with any company. They're actually on my behalf and they're looking at my goals and stuff more like a one-on-one -on -one person. But the, the caveat to that is like, okay, great. But my goals have kind of changed. So like, what do I invest in now? Like, what do I need to do to tweak the things, especially with the economy now? And it's like, you know what, I think I want to learn it myself so that I don't have to keep hiring someone to do it for me. Um, which I feel like is actually more empowering if I actually know, well, okay, this is where I want to be in a few years. And this is the short term, long term, and then retirement. And it sounds like what you offer is you can guide someone to do that because you're just teaching them how to manage their money through investments. Exactly. So I'm not a financial advisor. Um, it's not that I don't have the knowledge. I'm a chartered financial analyst, which means that I can I can tell people how to invest, but A, I'm not allowed to, and B, I it doesn't go with my philosophy. I think that everyone, everyone that's listening um, and you, Michelle, you're able to invest your own money given the right tools. And you hit on something really um, important is, and that's uh, the empowerment bit. You know, whether you like that word or not, some, you know, people are not into that word. It's just about having the tools to make the right decision for yourself, the tools and the confidence. Um, and because you essentially are the best person to manage your own money. You know, you make all the big, important financial decisions in your life. You don't outsource, you know, if you're buying a house or a condo, you're not going to like outsource that to someone else. Negotiating your salary at work, um, you're going to do that yourself. Um, and, you know, there's no reason why you should outsource your investing because ultimately no one is going to care as much about your money game and about your money as you do. Um, and you're in the best position because, you know, you also mentioned um, your goals. Um, you know what your goals are. You know what your life goals are. And and that's why in my coaching program, we actually start with um, we start with your goals. So there's retirement. Yes. You know, we all need to slow down at some point. Uh, but even that the timing of that can be maybe a lot earlier than you think if you invest your money properly. That's something that a lot of people don't realize. Uh, or maybe you can go part-time um, and then work less. You know, how many people would like love to work less or and or be work optional? This is a term that just means, yeah, work if you want to, but 
you have the capacity, the financial capacity to walk away from a job that isn't serving you, um, which is a hugely empowering thing because no one can take advantage of you if you don't need them. <laughs> you know, if you can walk away, if you're being, you know, underpaid or I uh, don't have a good work, work-life balance or just like, you know, not treated well, like, that's a hugely powerful tool that you have. Be like, I don't need this. I can either not work at all, or I have the financial flexibility to, you know, spend a year figuring out what I want to do next. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's why we we start with. And and the other thing is that a lot of people think of investing only in terms of retirement. Well, you know, a lot of my students and and me as well. Like I was work optional by the age of you know, 28 by the time I left London. Um, I, and then, and I didn't work um, for my, during my thirties, like I, I'm 42 now, um, but throughout my thirties, before I started this business, I spent my time traveling. Um, I were, I studied for my charter. And um, then I took my time figuring out kind of business I wanted to start. Um, and you know, all this was because of my financial cushion that investing afforded me. So, you know, I want people to be excited about their financial future. I want them to be excited about investing. And that really, you know, that when you, when you have a goal in mind, like, let's say it's like, I want to quit my job in five years and, or, and start my business, or, you know, I want to be able to spend more time at home with my kids. Um, that's a hugely powerful motivator. Um, and, you know, we hear this concept of the why, and I, I go back to it a lot because um, I'm not a huge fan of in like budgeting, like spreadsheet budgeting. <laughs> like, have <laughs> uh, even anyone who's followed me for a hot minute knows that I'm not into that just because I think that's go attacking the symptoms, not the root. Like I want you to feel that, you know, and I'm not talking about extreme situations of like people who are living, you know, around like hovering around the poverty line. I'm talking about people, you know, who have a decent paycheck um, and can, um, or, or income and can, um, you know, just don't know where their money's going, for example. If you have a goal in terms of, your financial future and your just your your life goals. If you have a goal that's like, I want to spend more time at home with my kids. I want to, you know, take a year off and travel around the world in a yacht. Like that is a hugely powerful motivator. And you will not be spending money frivolously if you have an objective and, and you give your money a job. If you give every dollar a job, it's not going to go here, there and everywhere. You're going to be like, no, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to go on this uh, bachelorette party, bachelorette weekend away. I've said no to so many things um, confidently, unapologetically, because it wasn't in line with my life goals. Uh, you know, 40th birthday parties in Vegas. I'm like, no. Uh, it was, And it was an easy no because I knew that what I was saving and investing towards. Mm, I love that. That is like, super powerful and hot like just to like what you were saying around being able to say no with confidence because you know where you're heading that's incredible and I love that your 
own personal investments allowed you to not have to work for like at least 10 years. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. And it's, it's not through, maybe it was business related, but mostly it sounds like it was through your investments. Yeah, I mean, it was it was my investments like I, you know, I, I'm too, I figured I was too old, young to like just sit around and do nothing. So, uh, you know, and this is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, so, um, you know, I decided to open my business. But yeah, it, it, initially, it was all off of my lived off of my investments. Um, and you know, the weird thing is, Michelle, I was embarrassed about my story for a long time, just because it was so unusual no one could understand it and uh like no one understood my reality and um and i hid it for a long time and i'm like what like now people are like oh like the work optional idea has become like completely mainstream since covid and people are like oh my god that's amazing like you know so it just goes to show like you could be living someone else's dream and not even <laughs> if i have known you in my early 20s i <laughs> you're my hero let's get started like you know? <laughs> oh my goodness that's incredible um and there was oh something that came to mind because you started investing when you were 19 how about for people who maybe are in their you know later in their years maybe they're in late 30s or 40s yeah i mean like i don't want that story of my story to discourage anyone that's like not at all the point uh most people do start investing later than you know when they were like just out of high school. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's the earlier you start, the better. You know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Um, it's just that the longer you put it off, the harder you'll have to work, the more money you'll have to put away for the same result. So, um, you know, there's, yeah, just, you know, it's not too late, but, you know, don't delay because time waits for no one. And really time is your biggest asset when growing your wealth um, because time and um, and compounding do the heavy lifting for you. Mm, okay. I love that. Time and compounding. Yes. I love the compound. Um, okay. So we were talking about inflation sort of before we hit start or record and i do want to talk about crypto uh because i i've seen your 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 stories around your thoughts around crypto now this is so fascinating because i have different friends that play in crypto uh i think right now is i don't know i have lots of thoughts so let's talk about inflation <laughs> because i actually was traveling around the globe uh, and just returned to seattle like a month ago and i had like the most sticker shock of my life my dad warned me, he's like, hey, when you head back, like everything is probably going to be doubled and gas price, everything. So let's talk inflation. Yeah, inflation is causing a lot of people a lot of stress, um, especially, you know, yeah, everyone, it's causing everyone a lot of stress. Um, you know, inflation has hit every everything, like you said, everything from like, you know, housing has been like, you know, there's affordability problems there. Um, there is, uh, you know, gas prices have gone up and food. Um, and they're all kind of related, you know, like the gas, gas prices feed into petroleum prices feed into a lot of our economy. And we just didn't realize how much until now. Um, and so, yeah, you know, a lot of people are worried 
Um, and so things that you can do in order to sort of like feel in control again, I think, you know, not feeling control in control leads to a lot of anxiety. Um, and you know, like things that you can do to, to, um, to get kind of get back in the driver's seat of, of this, of your money game and, and maybe get on top of inflation. Um, and, you know, maybe because I'm an, I'm an investing coach, I'm going to tell you that actually investing is, and especially in the stock market is one of the best ways to, um, to, to stay, to stay on top of inflation. So it's not going to, you know, bring your grocery bill down, but you know, when let's say the prices of goods and services go up, that feeds into the bottom line of corporations and then their stock price goes up. So you are, you know, you're, you're, it, there's a natural hedge there to inflation. Um, that's probably, that's my best tip. Um, that's my best tip. I mean, then we can also talk about like the recession that's coming. That's another, like, like another, you know, I'm all, I'm full of good news today. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I think we're at a really good time in history where people can, you know, have more control over their income um, than previous generations, primarily because of the internet. Um, and because right now, because of work from home, a lot of people are, you know, they have a side gig and it's way more doable um, because they just, you know, anyways, I'm not gonna tell you work from home tricks, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> But uh, suffice to say, you know, people out there are kind of like have their day job and then their side gig. We're just, you know, we're not commuting as much you know, as much as before. So there's that time savings. Um, and, you know, there is the Internet where you can sell <clears throat> your services um, and it doesn't take you know, you don't need a huge investment of like, you know, like a factory or inventory. It's just you're selling your intellectual capital, for example, in the form of, you know, it could be coaching, could be an ebook, could be, uh, you know, courses, online courses like me. Um, you know, so there are ways to kind of, you know, boost your bottom line while taking control back. And who knows, like if you're, you know, side gig is successful enough and you're you're motivated enough to make it work, like you could actually transition from your corporate um, or, you know, your nine to five to going full time in your um, in your side gig. I've seen that happen a lot where people are like, yeah, my side gig is really where my heart is in the transition. So they're also you're a lot more in control of of your uh, income and money game. <laughs> So with the recession, well, I just feel like it's all part of the cycle because 2008, I was hit as well. Um, I mean, that was a recession. And here we are, like, you know, 14 years later, another recession. So I just feel like it's really normal. 100%. It's all part of the cycle. It's just that the last recession was it was like a long time ago normally they're a lot closer like they're a lot close there's fewer there are fewer years months in between each recession so it's like you know especially younger people like don't even remember like 2008 recession and how like painful it was um <clears throat> but uh but yeah it is 100 cyclical the recessions are you know the economy is cyclical the stock market is cyclical um, stocks are, are down right now. Um, and, uh, you know, some people are freaking out, but I'm like, this is actually 
a really good time to buy and to get into the market. And, you know, if you haven't started investing, this is like the ideal time to sort of like almost make up for lost time because you can scoop up stocks really cheap, like, you know, equities. Um, and uh, so, you know, there, there's, if you, especially if you're young and you're a long ways away from retirement and needing that money, like low stock price is actually good because it allows you to buy um, equities um, at a discount. <clears throat> so let's talk about crypto because I, I, from what I've seen, you're like, okay, crypto should not be your retirement plan. That's what you've shared. Um, I also have a lot of friends that have only invested in crypto because it was such a quick cash injection. And also like right now it's so low that I don't even know if it's even worth <laughs> like who knows about the history and like just the future of crypto, but I would love your thoughts. Yeah, so um, I read something uh, like a little while ago that really, I don't know, I found it really disturbing that like a lot of millennials are, more millennials are investing in crypto for their retirement than like stocks and bonds. And that is an alarming fact. Um, it was super alarming. <laughs> and this was like before kind of crypto crashed as bad as it did. And there's... Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, so, you know, we hear a lot about, <clears throat> first of all, let me just start here. Crypto just, it's it's like a cesspool for scams. Okay, like that's a fact. Um, like just from 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 it's the way it's set up. Um, and uh, then we have like celebrities coming, you know, not less now, but like, you know, even six months ago, celebrities coming. Um, and, you know, posting in their stories about a certain coin and get asked, telling people to invest in it. Um, and we have people, you know, uh, you know, well-known business people saying like endorsing certain coins. And so this all makes us feel that like, you know, this is how these people became wealthy. Um, and, you know, FOMO, you know, you don't want to be left out, like everyone's doing it. And and the truth is, wealthy people, this is not a this is not how they became wealthy because crypto is new. B. And this is like the most salient point is that they even people in rich people that have invested in crypto, they've only invested a very small percentage of their overall wealth in crypto. That's what most people don't understand. You know, people like Elon Musk has not dumped all their money into crypto. <clears throat> you know, they've invested like uh, half a percent of their wealth into crypto, maybe, you know, that type of thing. I don't know about Elon Musk, but I'm just saying. And so we're taking what they're saying and we're like kind of distorting it and just dumping all our money into this thing that's like that's uh, largely unproven, uh, meaning like we don't have it doesn't have a lot of history um, and something as important as your retirement, like this is how you will pay to live. This will has how you're gonna pay for groceries, you know, uh, when you're older. Like it is too important to trust something that is so unproven and has such a little history. So, you know, people come to me and they're like, oh, what do you think is gonna happen with such and such stock? Or, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know because your retirement and your future is too important to be reliant on me being right or wrong. So the methods that I teach um, are actually uh, have been proven 
like through, you know, the last sort of like 50, 100 years from people investing their money uh, through math, <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like people who've invested this way. Um, and, and it's like a super um, low hassle, low stress method that I teach. There's no like researching different stocks or following the stock market every day. You like set up a foundation for your investment, you and for your investments, and you like, you know, spend a good amount of kind of effort kind of making sure that's the way you need but then once it's like a foundation of a house like once you set if you set the foundation properly you don't need to worry about you know is my house going to like your house can be there if the foundation is is good right and so it's the same thing with investing if your foundation is solid if you have a solid game plan you don't need to worry about it and and, and, you know, countless other investors have come before you using these same methods. That's where you want your, you know, retirement money to go. Something that has been proven and solid that you don't need to worry about. Like my students don't worry about like, you know, stock market crashing, you know, uh, maybe they'll come in and be like, oh, and what should I do about inflation? But they're not, no one's panicking because they know they have a solid game plan. Um, and <clears throat> the other thing, about crypto um, that kind of, for me as a money coach, what kind of I find a little bit like a little bit worrisome is that people who want to make a quick buck, whether it's through crypto or something else, um, typically they don't have a very good money mindset or relationship to money. If you have financial maturity, you know that there is no free lunch. Um, and if something is spiked up in price, you know, astronomically in the last little while, that's actually, that should really scare you because, you know, if it goes, if what comes up, goes up, can come down. Like as quickly as it went up, it can totally come down. You know, we saw that with like the, the, um, the meme stocks like, uh, AMC and GameStop. Um, and so, you know, we need to be aware of bubbles, but like people who are like, yeah, the crypto is going to save me. I find it kind of both distressing and kind of sad in terms of how kind of the millennial slash Gen Z generation has like latched onto it. Like, and it's not, it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm slightly older than millennial, but it's not the fault of this generation necessarily. There are a lot of financial pressures that have kind of led to people feeling out of control and panicking and trusting something that's largely unproven. Yeah. I mean, I interviewed uh, Cheyenne uh, around crypto and it was like, it seems like, and I do have a few, I invested in a very small dollar amount in it because I was like, well, why not, right? Well, I was willing to lose what I invested in. <laughs> but and, and that's exactly how it should be. You should be willing to lose what you've put in it in yeah, terms of like something as risky as crypto. Yeah. And I was like, I... And then my, I had my business coach, she shared like this document, like this documentary, documentary, documentary on how crypto is a scab. And I was like, I don't want to watch that because it's like, and it's like, it's true. It's like, we don't want, it's not proven. We don't really know the future of it. Um, and it is, there's so much potential for scams and a lot of people have gotten scammed. So it's one of those things where I appreciate your just, you're very like pragmatic about it. And it's like, hey, that cannot be your retirement. Like, that's just not good. And up until like, you know, six months ago or like before crypto starting heading downhill, like, you know, I got a lot of hate for my stance on crypto and was like, oh, you're like, you know, especially from like 
like Gen Z bros or like, like, oh, you know, not your, I have a bigger appetite for risk. It's like, okay, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been investing for, you know, since you were in grade school, um, I, you know, I've been working in the industry for a long time and I've been investing for over two decades. Like I've seen the ups and downs of the market. I've seen other bubbles, you know, whether it's like crypto is not the first sort of like, you know, unproven investment out there. In the early 2000s, we had the tech bubble. Um, yeah, technology stocks are still around. They're, you know, they've generated a lot of wealth for, for investors, myself included. But, you know, at the beginning, there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, you know, a bubble, you know, developed because uh, people were just like blindly throwing their money into it. And then, um ultimately you know the bottom feeders or the less strong companies were like wiped out like weeded out um but you know you at beginning of any new investment um category you have to be willing to it's like a washing machine like it's you know like it's, it's not gonna be comfortable <laughs> mm, that's good yeah so I think it's like, uh, well, with anything, you just have to be willing to, it's risk, uh, even with investments. But I just feel like with what you're sharing with index funds, it's been around long enough that there's more research available. Yeah, 100%. And like, there's a lot of like, just like math that goes behind it that I won't bore you with, but you're, yeah, you're taking risk and you can, you can take as much, you can take more, like based on your individual situation, you can take more risk even in an, an index fund portfolio or an ETF portfolio. You can take more risk. You know, um, <clears throat> I was working with a one-on-one -on -one client the other day and she, uh, you know, we tweaked her, her risk tolerance and, you know, we figured out what her risk tolerance was. And then we developed uh, what we call asset allocation, which is essentially like how much, what percentage do you put in different categories of investments like stocks versus bonds. And like, you know, based on your individual situation, you can take more or less risk. It's not a one size fits all situation, um, but just it's like a controlled type of risk. It's also uh, you're getting you're, you're 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 getting bang for your buck for the risk that you're taking. It's not like stupid risk. It's like calculated risk. <laughs> I love it. So speaking of which, um, how can people learn about your work? Um, connect with you, all the things. Yeah, so um, they can, um, I have a free training uh, where that'll go more in depth in my, into my, um, into the types of, type of investing that I teach, uh, where I talk about the three big mistakes that I see people making all the time with investing that are, or actually that people, three mistakes people are making that are holding them from, from investing and growing their wealth. Um, and you can grab that training at um, DahliaWealth.com. And Dahlia, that's Dahlia with a H, D-A-H-L-I-A, Wealth.com. Um, and it's absolutely free. Uh, and, you know, if you do nothing else than to just like watch this training to start educating yourself, you know, that's a really good step forward. Um, and then I'm on Instagram. Um, my handle is um, at Dahlia underscore Wealth. Um, and I've recently started posting on LinkedIn, um, and maybe we can put those, that in the show yeah, notes. That's all going to be in the show notes. Yeah. So I've started posting on LinkedIn as well. So you can follow me there. 
Um, but yeah, like I'm happy to, to happy to connect with uh, any of your listeners. Um, you know, I love teaching women how to invest and become empowered. So, uh, you know, do check us out. Awesome. And is it only for women if men want to join? So, um, the reason I focused on women is just because we've traditionally been excluded from the financial industry. Uh, but it's not at all meant to, my stance is not at all meant to exclude people. Anyone can join, um, of any gender. Uh, we have men, we have non-binary folks. So, so we have, everyone is, is welcome. Anyone that's really felt excluded or not catered to by the traditional financial industry um can find you know is welcome and it can find a home and if my message resonates with you um yeah don't don't be shy to uh to come our way awesome and then you have the group coaching group coaching program people want to start learning about how to actually invest Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the, the free training, I kind of talk about the group coaching program and, and um, yeah, I'm really proud of actually my, my group coaching program. I started doing one-on-one coaching and then I realized, you know, I can actually package my knowledge and more people can learn and I can, I don't have to charge as much. Like I want to provide value. And, and I think the group coaching program is, is really, you know, is a great way to do that, um, to, to make it more accessible to a wider range in a, of, of people. Amazing. It was so fun to talk. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah, for those listening, please follow and connect with Anjali. She is really fun on Insta. And uh, I so appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks so much, Michelle. Thank you. To help you feel more supported and nourished in your body and nervous system, you're invited to download the free I Am Supported meditation in the show notes. May you feel grounded in who you are as you become the fullest expression of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing with those who can benefit. Until next time.